Morning, Ian Power with Steve Seaborn, the Little Contractor, and the Home Discovery Show. Carson Arthur from HGTV will be with us in just a couple of minutes, and we'll talk about outdoor living. He's an international landscape designer with a, uh, an eco-friendly approach to the things that he does. He'll also make the argument for spending some money on your outdoor spaces rather than perhaps your kitchen or your bathroom, which have been traditional places to invest in your home. Also later on, we'll talk to a flooring expert about making a dramatic change with a simple change of your floor. Uh, It sounds pretty easy, but is it? Is it something you can do yourself or do you require a professional? And what's more is the different materials that are now available to homeowners. Uh, It's just an amazing array and the the ease of installation has come an awful long way. Speaking of outdoor spaces, oh, and by the way, I want to open up the phone right away. So if you want to get in on anything that's going on at around uh, your place, if you thought that leaving it to the weekend would be a good thing, we're, we're almost done with the weekend. Uh, the little contractor can be put to task at 604-280-9898, 604-280-9898 or star 9898. If you've got something around your place and you're working on home improvement, you've come to the right place. So now, what is it? Two weeks or three weeks since uh, we resodded my backyard? I think it's been two now. It's couple. No, I think it's three weeks now. It's been three. It's three weeks, and okay. uh, uh, we originally. Um, well, I say we actually. It was uh, before I called you in. I had uh, stripped everything back, mm-hmm. removed all the top layer, uh, did the the power raking, the aerating. Uh, I did a little dance. And decided that I would, you know, resoil and seed. Yes. Until I realized after talking to Egan Davis from UBC at the Botanical Garden there that reseeding is okay, but it would take a long time. It would take two or three weeks for those seeds to germinate at this time of the year. If you're seeding your lawn, overseeding or just starting from scratch, you got to do it much earlier in the season, whether it be spring or whether it be fall. I couldn't wait. I wanted green grass. <laughs> this is one of these things, you know, one of these things that you just want. You want something at your place. You want to get it done. And so I looked into resodding, and much to my surprise, it's really not that expensive. It's all relative to what you want to spend. But it didn't cost an awful lot of money to cover approximately, because it didn't do the whole yard, did about uh, 400 or so square feet which is not an awful lot, but just enough. I didn't want the whole yard to be just grass. I I wanted to reduce the amount of grass in the yard, but the grass that I have, I wanted it to be rich. I wanted it to be lush. I wanted it to be soft to step on, and I didn't want weeds or dandelions or Schaefer beetles or any of that business. And I'm here to tell you, it's looking good. It's lush. So that's, (laughs) I would say to anybody who's considering grass in their yard, and, and I think Carson Arcer might disagree with this. He might say, yeah, you don't need so much grass. So why don't you just do away with that and get something else that perhaps is lower maintenance, like stonework or something to that effect? Sure. So uh, well, keep keep an eye on that and, and keep it posted. Maybe I'll, I'll put a picture on the Home Discovery Show uh, Facebook page. you think that I'd be boasting if I showed my lush green grass to everybody? No, not at all. Three weeks in the making. It hasn't been cut yet, and, and I'm, frankly, I don't, I don't want to cut it. it. It's just too good to be true. <laughs> Rob, how are you doing? Uh, very well, thank you. How about you? Excellent, thanks. Good, good. good. Uh, I have a red brick patio, 
in in the back uh, backyard, and there's a crack in it. I'm just wondering if anything can be done about that without replacing the whole patio. Can, are there are these bricks themselves, Rob? Are they interlocking, or are they set in anything, or are they just placed they're, on set? They're set in, yes. They're set in. Do you have any others? Any any leftovers? I don't have no. So the challenge is trying to find the same one. Sometimes a surface crack can be remedied by removing the brick and flipping it over. Okay. We do that often with a stained brick that you just simply can't get out. It will have to age like the rest of them. Sometimes you have to take out uh, a section of it and put all new in there and make it more of a decorative pattern. Sometimes you got to go around the back of the yard or down the side of the house where there's a, a fence uh, blocking off one side to the other and you've got a bit of a sidewalking salvage some from there. Uh, but hopefully maybe you can still find the same bricks from where they came from if they are available. If not, then try to grab one down to a uh, building store or a landscape supply store and see if you can get some to match, at least the shape and the size. Okay, great. So the whole thing doesn't have to be replaced. I don't think so, not at this point. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling. Good to hear from you. You still have to get that old one out, though. Right, and and so like, say, for example, uh, floor tiles. We still have to break one out and maybe a couple around to get one out. So you may have to replace more than one. Yeah, and I'm I'm thinking that if you're if you're having to remove one, and I know from tile experience that if you take out one tile, uh, you might be successful, or you might not be. In other words, it might be more than just that one tile. You might have to uh, chip around a couple of the surrounding ones. Right, we have to replace a couple. Again, we spoke about this before. If you're buying tile, and we'll get into this with Scott McDougall in a, a little bit, but if you're buying tile or that kind of thing, even carpeting, make sure you get a little bit extra. And we'll find out just how much extra uh, just after 10.30. We'll take a break now, and we'll get Carson Arthur on the line with us. Uh, he's going to talk about out, outdoor living spaces on the Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. Ian Power with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. Carson Arthur is an international landscape designer with a focus on environmentally friendly design. His HGTV series, Critical Listing, teaches homeowners how to raise the value of their home through outdoor renovations. You may not only recognize his other works on TV, he's also an accomplished writer, author, and spokesperson. Carson represents Canada as the international ambassador for Save the Children. His expertise in growing food will help end the cycle of poverty for children all over the world by spearheading a Canadian initiative of adding agriculture to education. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for your time this morning. My pleasure. And that was an awesome introduction. I felt like there's a drum roll happening in the background. I stole that word for word off your website. Oh, I thought it sounded familiar. <laughs> it's not true, but uh, listen, I really do appreciate your time because um, you're a fun guy to talk to, and and you you take what you do really seriously. But it's always with uh, with a glint in your eye and a tongue in your cheek because, uh, uh, after all, the outdoor space should be fun, shouldn't it? Well, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, what's the point? Exactly. And that's that's the part that I'm trying to get homeowners to realize is the backyard or the front yard or even the vegetable garden, patio, balcony, it doesn't matter what it is. It can be fun at various different levels of expertise for any type of gardener. Well, we're going to talk about the outdoor space, and I want to invite anybody who's listening right now, if they would like to join us, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 if you want to talk to Carson Arthur directly. Uh, on that uh, Home to Win TV show, of, of which you represented for the gardeners, uh, I just want to know one thing. Did all you TV kids get along? 
I mean, did anyone lose it? Uh, I mean, it's it's pretty competitive. You had both the Bomblers there. You you had um, Holmes times two, senior and junior, and Paula France and Kate Campbell. Very competitive. Any, did anybody you know maybe blow a gasket? We'll talk about a loaded cat or a loaded group, huh? Uh, no, so far so good. The show we're not done taping yet, so there's still opportunity for some, you know, <laughs> some fun. But at the moment, everybody's getting along really well. We all have great respect for each other's skill sets. Uh, my episode with the front yard is coming up, and Paula Franz is doing the deck at the same time. So if there's going to be trouble, that's the one. That's, that's gonna the one to watch. Yeah, you got to watch for for Paul. Uh, most of us have come to realize that there's a real value in landscaping, yet others would argue, as and I said this off the top, that you may be better off spending your money in the kitchen or bathroom. The, the truth is, and the part that I always try and get homeowners to realize is, the first impression of your home is worth so much money, even in a hot financial market. People are looking at your house, even on Google, they're using Google Maps to look at the front of your home. And yes, there's the assumption that the kitchen's going to be in there and the bathroom's going to be there, but the front yard, the curb appeal of your home, represents up to 8% of your home's value, even in a hot market. If buyers look at the front of your house and think, that's somewhere I want to live, they are more inclined to spend extra on a house like that than if the kitchen and the bathroom is, is impeccable. Right. I think that the the trick with the kitchen and bathroom that I've come to realize over the past couple of years at least is it's not so much whether you've remodeled it, it's how clean it is. That's what people are looking for. And I think if you can... this is important, absolutely. Well, what I'm getting at is that if you can provide an outdoor space, which becomes an extension almost of your living area, then why not put your money there? It gives you all that extra, if you'll pardon the expression, floor space. It's true. Well, and that's what I always tell homeowners when they're planning their outdoor renovations. I always say, what don't you have on the inside of your house? Is your kitchen big enough? Do you have that extra family room for entertaining guests? Do you have a fireplace? And if there's something on the inside of your home that you wish you had, doing it on the outside not only extends your living space, it gives the functionality to an area that may not have been used in the same way prior. So when buyers come into your house and they're like, oh, I really wish I had the fireplace and it's not in your living room, but then there's the beautiful outdoor unit, you know, they'll make the adjustment in their own head saying, oh, you've picked the box that I was looking for. There it is. Mm -hmm. What's the best way to get started? Because many of us, you know, want these great outdoor spaces, but we haven't got a clue where to go. Or is this something that you really probably shouldn't tackle yourself? You should call in a professional. Well, and there's two sides to that coin, so to speak. I always tell homeowners, unless you're willing to pay, you know, on average between fifty and $85,000 right up front, then the reality is you probably want to stage your outdoor renovation over a series of years. Okay. And if you're going to do that, you need a design. You need to know what the end look is going to be mm-hmm. so that you can target where your money is going to be spent over a period of time. And too often DIYers, and I've done this with lots of people before, you know, they get all excited and they want to put in the deck and they, they built the deck or they built the patio and then two years later they're like, oh, I wish I had done this instead because they didn't have the long-term vision of what the backyard or the front yard is going to look like. So getting the design is the best investment that you can make if you're planning a long-term renovation. I mentioned earlier I resotted part of my backyard. I wanted less grass, but I still wanted to maintain some green space. 
with and, and because uh, for much of the reason is the maintenance of it all, you know, and we're seeing more drought, drier conditions, uh, water restrictions of coming in uh, earlier. It, it would seem that choosing low maintenance for your yard, planning that in advance, is a real win-win for for everyone. It's true, especially when you're talking about the valuation of your home. If buyers come into your house and they think the outdoors is going to be a lot of work, that's a definite negative. More and more people are looking at the option of gardening, as in they want to garden at their skill level, at their skill set, but they look at homes that are extensively landscaped and think, A, it's going to cost me a lot of money, or B, there goes my entire weekend. And you don't ever want to have that communicated, especially when you're listing your home. That's so true. We looked at a place a few years ago that had just the the richest, most lush English garden, and it looked terrific, and it really did add to the appeal of the home, and we loved the the home. But what stopped us from, from, from moving in was that garden. We just thought, we don't have the time. We're not up for this. So I think your point is well taken. When you, when you do what you do, and I know we use the word environmentally friendly, the word I want to use is the ecological component. How much of that is considered when you do a plan? Well, and the the part of the environmentally friendly design or the ecological aspect of it is I want to make sure that when homeowners walk into the backyard or into their outdoor space, that they feel good about what they've done in the area. So I try and incorporate as much research and as much information as possible, especially on environmental issues. For example, um, with more and more homeowners adding patios into the backyard, we're seeing temperatures actually rising. And we know that you know when the sun beats down on concrete, it heats the concrete, the concrete holds the temperature longer into the night. Mm-hmm. So we're seeing what are called urban heat islands. So when I'm designing for homeowners and they say, I want a really big patio, the first thing I immediately say is, okay, but let's incorporate shade. Let's incorporate shade on the patio to offset this this warming that you're going to be creating in your backyard. Because if everybody paves our backyards, you know, it's not going to be a very pretty story in the near future. And that'll make the Joni Mitchell song totally irrelevant. Exactly. Do you have a friendly or eco-safe way to deal with squirrels and other rodents and raccoons and insects and ants and aphids? And and that's just the A's. Uh, What do you do to deal with those things? I've tried everything, and I do have several recipes that I do like. So for insects, I will use an aspirin, one aspirin in a 750-milliliter bottle. Works great for aphids and beetles. Or take 12 cloves of garlic, boil them in two liters of water until you've reduced it by half. That strong, pungent smell, spray it on your tomato plants, gets rid of hornworm, no problem. Hmm. When it comes to rodents, it's a little bit trickier. We know that squirrels, they're pretty smart. And when we look at them getting into the bird feeders and stuff, tricking them or convincing them that they don't want to be somewhere that you don't want them is a little trickier. So I always say with squirrels or with rabbits, give them a food source away from your home. Interesting. Yeah, put peanuts at the back of the property or near your neighbor's fence and continue (laughs) hiding them there because the squirrels will spend hours looking for the peanuts in the back corner of the property instead of invading your space. Or they'll go to your your neighbor's and and make sure you pick the right one, you know, the one that didn't give you a Christmas gift last year. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Peanuts over the fence until they catch you. Uh, (laughs) When it comes to raccoons, or a lot of people have issues with deer and larger animals, it's a little bit trickier, but the one item that I found that is available online is coyote urine. Oh. Now, it sounds vile, but it's just like a dog marking a fire hydrant. Right. So you actually mark the spaces where you want right. the raccoons to 
to stay away. Gotcha. The coyotes are the natural predator of the raccoon. The raccoon quickly gets the idea and moves on. Yeah, one would hope so. Um, great tips, by the way. Uh, what are you working on yourself these days? Are you spending a lot of time at the cabin? I mean, you are on the road so much. I'm, I'm guessing you don't spend a, an awful lot of time at the cabin or, or at home, for that matter. Well, yeah, no, it's it's gotten it's gotten a little bit crazy. This year alone, uh, I've done over 110 radio and television appearances across the country. Wow. And and the reason is there aren't a lot of people on a national level talking about the value of the outdoors and how the outdoors impact your space. And we have more and more homeowners, especially this younger generation, who are so into this idea of, I want to grow heirloom vegetables on my back patio. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for expertise. They're looking for that kind of lead-in. So for me right now, I'm actually in the process of writing a book. Oh, good. Yeah. It's going to be a little different, though. We have some experts who've already written books on growing vegetables. So I'm, I'm going in a different angle, and I'm writing a book on how to survive the zombie apocalypse by growing food in your backyard. <laughs> okay. Well, when that book, when, when, when can we expect to read that? So I'm in the process of writing it now, so I'm suspecting, you know, mid to end of next year, possibly spring 2018. Okay. It takes a little while with all the photography and everything that goes behind these books, but right. I really want to deal with sustainability and the idea of, you know, making your space, your backyard, do a little extra for you and your family. Well, that was my next question. Uh, what's coming up for you? Obviously, a book is in your future. Uh, what is, uh, and I hope that we get a chance to speak to you before then, but what's in your immediate future? Uh, future? We've got the, the, uh, the Home to Win episode uh, that you're in. Do you know the date for that? I believe it's next weekend. Oh, okay. But there's a few coming up because the, we're going to do the landscaping now that the weather's turned for the better, and, and we've got to get the front yard done, and then we're going to give this house away. So that's going to be a big one, too. I'm, believe it or not, about to learn how to split a beehive. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why? I, invest, I invested in a, a big meadow. I took out a big section of lawn around my property, and I planted the whole thing in wildflowers last year. Oh, neat. So now it's, it's blooming. It's, it's going crazy. It's time to put in bees. So that's the next step in the, the evolution of my own home. You're going to have to start calling you Bert. Bert? Bert's bees? Bert's bees. <laughs> Carson's bees just doesn't have the same ring to it. No, no, somebody was calling me the friendly green giant, and I think that might work. That might stick. Somebody asked me, and, and we got to get going here, but somebody asked me, can you, can you ask Carson, uh, how, how tall is he? I'm six foot five. Wow. There are not a lot of people on TV my height, so we we look for creative ways to make me look normal or well average. How's that? <laughs> There's nothing normal about you, and that's why we we're so excited to get a chance to talk to you again. Uh, will you join us again sometime uh, over the summer? All you have to do is ask. I'm in. Carson Arthur, so much appreciated your time today. Outdoor design and lifestyle expert and soon-to-be author. We'll talk again soon. Carson Arthur, watch for him on TV, on HGTV and elsewhere. And we'll be back in a moment. We're going to talk about flooring on the Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. Ian Power back with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. Whether you're considering a major remodeling project or simply you want to update a room, new flooring is an easy way to make a dramatic change. With so many flooring choices available today, and you can choose from many options including hardwood floors, laminate, engineered, 
vinyl planking, bamboo, cork, carpeting, tile, stone, concrete, etching. Uh, that's just a few of the options. With 30 years of experience, Scott McDougall gets how flooring products are manufactured and how well they'll perform. He's a certified flooring installer through the BC Flooring Covering Association. He initially worked as an installer, then worked his way through installation management and is now a sales consultant with New Floors in Coquitlam. Scott, it's nice to have you back with us. Well, thanks very much for uh, having me on. How are the fish biting these days? Oh, they were really good uh, up in the interior. The The weather was getting warmer and the bugs were hatching, so we did fairly well. Your timing was good, I take it. It was perfect, yeah. Did you get a barbecue going? Uh, well, actually, the place I went, it's catch and release only. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. So it was all sport. It was, yes. Good for you. Uh, look at What's the first step when it comes to flooring? Uh, to me, it would be how much floor space do you want to cover and then determine uh, you know, what your wants, your needs, your budget, and then maybe consider the styles, colors, and textures and finishes. Well, you touched on it a bit there, wants and needs. Um, some people just need to do their flooring. Let's take a bathroom or a kitchen flooring customer in the other day. They're, they're vinyl in their kitchens, 30-something years old, so... Obviously, the the patterns have changed quite a bit since then, so they're looking to update first style, and then and then you know you can just have flooring down for five years, and people get tired of it, and if it's not too much uh, for their budget, they'll they'll pull the trigger and put a new floor in. I'm glad you brought that up because I've often wondered how far in advance should you plan if you're thinking about replacing a floor. Let's just take a kitchen floor because that's a busy part of the house. Uh, how if I were to put in a floor in my kitchen today, when would I expect or, or think to need to have to replace it? Well, if, if you're going uh, ceramic or porcelain tile, that, that's pretty much forever. That, that stuff will last unless okay. you know you drop something and crack it, and like you said earlier, you can replace one. Um, if you're doing a, a less expensive sheet vinyl, like a builder quality product, you know you might get ten years out of it if you take care of it. Okay. And then, you know, some of these products, you can go one layer over the other one, so it's not as much cost for floor prep. I want to throw, and first of all, I want to uh, open the phone. Uh, we've got a flooring expert here. If you've got a question about a DIY job that you're doing yourself, obviously, or you're thinking about bringing in a, a professional uh, like New Floors in Coquitlam, give us a call, 604-280-9898. This is the best way to get free advice right here, right now. 604-280-9898 or star 9898. We're talking to Scott McDougall. I want to... Uh, just go down this list and get a comment on each of these items, starting with carpet. Is it popular? Is it something that people are going for these days, or are we seeing a return to it? I know there was a, a time when, when people were getting away from carpeting. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, people don't want to move into a home that's got other people's dirt in it, and carpet seems to hold most of the dirt, so... Mm -hmm. If uh, people are doing an upgrade, they just bought a house, so quite often they'll put a hard surface on the main floor, and then quite often upstairs they'll put the carpet on the stairs and then carpet up through the bedrooms and the hallway. Right. And is the popularity of carpet, where are we at with it right now? Because it seemed for a while that it was all uh, engineered hardwood or laminate. Are we getting back into carpet, or is it about the same where it was a few years ago? 
It's a demographic, depending on your your age group. A lot of the, uh, I'd say, empty nesters, they've had carpet most of their life and they, they like the feel of it. Um, you know, they got grandkids running around on it, so they you know, sitting on the floor. So carpet, the, the next thing that's come up is the softness of it. So Right. Without jeopardizing the integrity. So, yeah, a lot, a lot of carpet's still popular. What kind of materials in carpet now do people look for? Is it all synthetic or, or people buying natural materials as well? Um, there's still a lot of wool out there. Um, wool tends to be a little bit more, but uh, with the petroleum prices, carpet is sort of bubbled up a little bit closer to that cost. Right. Uh, there's more styles available in, in nylon products. Uh, nylon, uh, there's a bit of polyester out there as well. And how do the, uh, n- the nylons compare to, to wool products? Do they last as long, longer? Uh, depends on, on the, on the cost, what you pay for your wool carpet. Some, like in the hotels in Vancouver, I'm sure most of them use, uh, wool carpets in the lobby, the real high end, and they're cleaning those things, you know, two and three times a week sometimes. Sure. So they yeah. last forever. Hi, Willie. Hi. Hi. Go right ahead. You've got Scott McDougall on the line from New Floors. Hi, Scott. Hello. I, I have a porcelain ceramic tile throughout my entire house that's been put down about 13 years ago, and I absolutely still love it. But my question to you is regarding grout and sealant and cleaning products. I have dogs, and I use cleaning products, including bleach, and I want to know what, if anything, what kind of sealant should I be you know, using on my grout because I think there's a misconception that, that these are waterproof and they're not. Well, if you think about what grout is made out of, it's particles of sand that are sort of held together with some sort of a modification of uh, adhesive. And when you get the dirt on top of it, it's the dirt sitting in there. So um, uh, environmentally friendly vinegar and water with a brush cleans it. And then there's, there's quite a few commercial products out there that you can seal your grout with. And you not yes, only and seal I, your grout, you can seal your tile as well because there's little cracks in it that you don't see. I understand. I've, I've used the 25-year higher quality uh, grout sealant when I put first put my floors down. And we've tended to refurbish that every five to eight years because of the amount of cleaning we do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just wondered if there was anything newer or, or anything else. Because of the dogs, I, I have a daycare, so doggy daycare and, and dogs and doggy doggy do, um, we, we have to keep it clean. And that means a lot of washing. And I want to keep my, my subfloors bef- you know, without getting damaged. Yeah, there's a there's another way to go about it, and it, it's usually during the the initial installation. And these grouts are pre-sealed. They, oh, they're yeah, and there's some that are actually tumbled, tumbled stone and tumbled quartz as well. And and you, they're pre-colored, and they come in a bucket, and you put it on, and then if you have leftover, you just put the lid back on. Oh, but, okay. Uh, or or train your dogs to go outside. Yeah, yeah, they're not my dogs. Ah, okay. Because okay. I, I, I'm going through that right now. I've, I've got a new puppy at home, and uh, I, I fortunately don't have any carpet on the lower floor because uh, it can be. I can only imagine uh, what would happen if uh, if the dog got its way for any length of time. Thankfully, we're about 95% of the way. 
Uh, Scott, I'm going to ask you to hold for a moment. I want to talk a little bit more about the different materials that are available because there is some new things that are out there that people might want to consider. Also, invite your call if you're listening and have a question about flooring, anything to have to do with flooring. Scott McDougall from New Floors in Coquitlam is with us. Our number 604-280-9898 or star 9898. You could also pose a question on the Home Discovery Show Facebook page, and we'll be back after this on News Talk 980 CKNW. Ian Power back with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. On the line with us is Scott McDougall from New Floors in Coquitlam. And if you have a question for Scott on flooring, 604-280-9898 is our number. Joanne? Hello? Hi. Oh, hi, Scott. Hello. I have a question. I had my um, kitchen and bathroom um, retiled in porcelain about four years ago. And what they they hadn't taken the old tile off. He said, "Oh no, it's okay, you know." And then they just retiled over the, uh, the the actual little square tiles that I had, and these were like I don't know, twelve by twenty-four, and a couple of them are now loose. Yeah, that, that can normal? happen. Pardon? That can happen. I mean, you're supposed to. You know, it's like wallpaper. You don't paint over wallpaper. Um, if the tile is down properly and it's not loose, and sometimes you go around with a little piece of metal and you tap on the tile to see if you can hear any hollow spots so mm-hmm. if they, if you don't you can uh, actually attach some times when they they put the thin set or the adhesive there's uh-huh. not a because tile is so smooth the, the adhesive has a tough time adhering to it oh god so is there like i mean there's just a couple of tiles there that look like they've you know like the grouting is is maybe coming away a little bit like it's cracked mm-hmm I mean, would that help if I just kind of regrouted those areas? Or yeah, I mean, it's a, just a, like it's like it's hollow. Like, and of course, I've got this big, huge fridge. Now I'm afraid to move my fridge to clean behind it because I figure that the porcelain's going to all crack. I mean, is that going to happen? Yeah, I mean, if you could move your fridge on top of a something that's a, a little flat, like a piece of plywood, a thin piece of plywood or something, that would help disperse the weight, and then you wouldn't have to worry so much. But um, yeah. Yeah, if you take the grout up and and try to maybe squeeze some sort of adhesive underneath without prying the tile up, you might get a little bit of satisfaction out of that and then regrout it. Good call, Joanne. Thank you for that. Uh, I wanted to ask you about vinyl planking, uh, Scott, because up until recently I thought that was just a new move at yoga class, but it turns out it's a pretty popular flooring material. It's uh, it's probably about 25% of our showroom now. Um, Two years ago we had like two or three displays now, which we've got about 20. Is it easy to install? I'm told that it, it's relatively, with some of the new products, it's just basically just a, a snap into position. Oh, it's even easier than that. There's uh, ones that you don't even have to glue down. You take them out of the box and you just lay them on the floor. Um, they're reinforced with fiberglass to prevent them from shrinking and cupping. Right. Uh, on those applications, glue around the outside edge, and then you've got a, a floor that you can take with you if you wanted to when you, or move it to another room. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and how do you cut that material? Uh, you would use a, a, a like a square and a, and a knife to cut it. Just you you cut a couple of strokes across the the material and then bend it, kind of like the, the drywall days. Right. And snap it, and that's easy enough to do. Is laminate starting to fall out of favor, or is it is is price always going to keep it in in vogue? It, it is because the vinyl planking with the materials that they use to make it, it, it it's up a little bit in cost with the petroleum. 
Right. Um, but uh, laminate, uh, the visuals are, are there, and then the density of the core on some of the manufacturers, it's fairly water-resistant as well. It's just, you know, depends on, on what you're looking for. And if it's a reasonable laminate, will it last for a while? Oh, sure, yeah. Some of them are, you know, people have put them down 15, 20 years ago, and they're, like, brand new. Right, okay. Because uh, originally, or a while ago, uh, with laminates, that, that top layer that had the, the actual finish on it, would wear away and then you'd get uh would kind of look a bit sloppy yeah for sure and then it depends on the core board that 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 laminate the, the foil or the paper goes on to you know if it's not substantial it's going to help increase the the wear on that product as well i've also been told that if the materials that you're putting on your floor were sitting on a on a boat <laughs> uh for a long long time would take on moisture and that that could end up being a real problem for you is that is that a true story or is that a wives tale or an urban myth i'm sure in the past there has been situations where the you know if it's open to the air it can absorb moisture because you got to think that the core of the laminate it's it's particle and some of the particles are wood so you know wood grows when you get it wet so mm-hmm you got to be careful of that. Do any of these materials or all materials that, that are laid on your floor, do they need to be acclimatized before installation? They, they should. Um, BC, we're, we're not so bad because of our temperature outside and inside are fairly close most of the year, well, except for the winter. But, um, you know, something you want to think about for solid hardwood because it expands more because there's more material there, that's something definitely you should engineered hardwood not as long, and then laminate. Sometimes you just bring it in from the store and put it down. Right. Uh, Engineered versus hardwood. Uh, Because now it seems to me that the prices are pretty close now. They are. And and if you think about the width of the way the boards are going, like your 5-inch was common, now they're 7, 8, 9 inches wide. So if you were to have a solid piece of wood that wide, it's definitely going to... You know, with the seasonal change with the moisture, it's going to cup and warp. So you want to stick with an engineered floor for the wider stuff. Right. But in the narrower stuff, you can, you're can you okay with the uh, solid. I had a chat with somebody the other day who's uh, he's in the wood business and was telling me uh, about uh, Douglas fir. You can't get the good stuff, the old stuff, but they, they sell a 100-year-old uh, fir, and, and he just says it's just not the same. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It, well, fur is, is actually a softwood, so it, it performs differently than, than a lot of the, the flooring materials. Sure. Uh, can you stay for a couple more questions? Oh, for sure. Okay. Uh, we'll come back after a break. We've got uh, Scott McDougall. He's with New Floors in Coquitlam. He's a 30-year flooring expert on the Home Discovery Show from News Talk 980 CKNW. Ian Power with Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. We're joined by Scott McDougall of New Floors in Coquitlam. You're on Lowheed, right? Yes. Uh, well, actually, we're on Barnett Highway, uh, the corner of Barnett and Lansdowne. Yeah. Okay. Um, what considerations? I mean, I would think that somebody looking at new flooring would want to consider care and maintenance uh, because if you, some require a little bit more care and maintenance than others. Oh, definitely. Um, well, carpet, for instance, you know, people don't realize that you have to vacuum it. Yeah, um, that's, not, that's not the fun part. <laughs> it's not the fun part. Uh, you know, the dirt's going to get buried in there if you don't get rid of it. And then hard surfaces, you know, uh, one of my customers woke up in the morning and she put a Swiffer in each hand and she said she used to do the whole house every day. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have her number? Uh, she moved since then, yeah. What do you think of this, uh, not to drop names, but I'm going to because I'm interested. Uh, there's a product called Spot Shot. I think it's uh, put out by the WD-40 people. Is, is that? Do you recommend these like spot 
uh, carpet cleaning products in general? Yeah, I've, 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 we've had it in our store, and I've used some of it. You have to do a test spot first because some products will react with it. Right. It's kind of like a dry cleaning solution. It, uh, you know, you spray it and let it dry, and then you agitate it with your finger and vacuum it. It's, it's fine, but just do double check in, in an inconspicuous area. Do you have any idea what's in there? Is it some kind of a petroleum product or something along those lines? I would imagine it's probably one of the original solvent-based products. Yeah. It smells kind of like when you walk into a dry-cleaning place. Well, if it's coming from WD-40, it makes sense that it might have some kind of a solvent in it. Uh, I'm interested to know, and we're just about out of time here, but is cork, where's cork in the the scheme of things? Are, Are people using it or not? Yeah, yeah, we've uh, we still have some cork displays in our store. Um, you know, years ago you'd get it in a roll, you'd glue it down, and then you'd wax it, um, and then it came in little smaller sections. You would you would glue that down to the floor, like I have in my family room, and then you would put a finish on it after. Right. And now they are clicked together just like uh, all of the laminate floors and the the vinyl planking. Appreciate your time today. Well, clearly, we've got to get you back, Scott. Oh, we'll do. Yeah, anytime. Okay, you bet. Thank you so much. Scott McDougall, New Floors in Coquitlam. He's a real flooring expert, and it's always great to talk to him and get his expertise on all things flooring. Jamie Bentin is our technical producer for Steve Seaborn, the little contractor. My name is Ian Power. Stay with us for Vancouver Consumer. That's next on News Talk 980 CKNW.